What's up, everybody? I'm Scott Evans from Access Hollywood, and you are tuned in to Swab Sessions. Let's get it. All right, so one Scott, thanks for thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, I think that honestly, you are like one of the people who have the job that all of us journalists want. Is that right? <laughs> it's, it absolutely. Um, but it's it's also like you envy it, but it's like, eh, I don't know if I want to go that far. I appreciate that that um the the love and and the and the compliment in that you know what I mean I, I it is it is not lost on me um, that I too dreamed of this career that I worked since a very young age you know what I mean to 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 um, be able to be in this position you know um, and and dreamed and yeah. hoped and prayed and sacrificed to be here so um, yeah man I get it I totally get that I totally get that. But thank you for and having me. No, absolutely. I think what's crazy, most people don't know you. You started your your career at a very young age. Um, how did how did you find your way onto an Indiana Pacers microphone in third grade? So it's so it's it's even crazier than that. Actually, I wasn't. I didn't even have a microphone. Right, like I was. I was playing a, a young Reggie Miller versus a young Larry Bird for the player intro videos. You know, the video that plays like at the, you're at the home game and the player, like, yeah. the video, like the lights go down and then like the crazy spotlights come out and then they play this video on the Jumbotron. Whatever that video might be for whatever season you might be watching for whatever team, I was involved in that. And my sister Stacy Pates was the um, uh, courtside reporter for Fox Sports at the time, stationed with the, the Pacers. She traveled with the team. And so she knew that the production was looking for someone to play this part and was like, why not my little brother? You know, he on everybody nerves at school anyway. Might as well give them a give them a break and give him a break. You know what I mean? And Basically. yeah, man, it was it was unreal. I, it was this thing shot in black and white and it felt like I was on a movie set. And the, the idea was, it was, you know, shot in black and white in this kind of like dream sequence, this kind of twilight zone kind of scenario. And then when we touched the basketball, the basketball was the only, only thing in color. When we touched the basketball, the rest of the frame, the rest of the screen kind of turned to color. And I remember watching the audience respond to that and being like, oh, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to have that kind of impact. I want to work on teams on projects that has that kind of, that have that kind of impact on people, where they respond in that kind of way. <clears throat> yeah, and then you did you start focusing at that point into this career field because you land your job at nineteen, and that doesn't really happen in this industry. Yeah, immediately, immediately, I started, and not just me, my mom, and also my sister started making sure that I was a part of every and any opportunity where I would either be in, in groups of large people and in, in, yeah. on stage um, yeah. or you know, the, uh, performing for a crowd, either in talent shows, talent showcases. I was dancing back then. Um, 
and I would do my own intros. Like I would grab a mic, like I was gonna sing. I would grab a mic, I was gonna sing, like to introduce myself to the crowd and get them hype, and then be like, hit it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I also I was a part of this program in Indianapolis, um, put on by Indiana Black Expo, um, uh, called the Youth Video Institute at the time. It was called the Youth Video Institute (YVI), and it taught me the basics of video production, but we were also um, a, a offshoot, a, a youth development program um, funded and created created by this organization that was all about black excellence. That was all about creating spotlight and sharing, fostering, um, expanding, investing in <clears throat> black excellence in the city, um, in, the, in mm -hmm. the state rather. And so uh, I got to see black people at a very young age, I got to see black people just doing it and not yeah. like, and it just made sense. So I never, I never imagined like as a, uh, I, I never really limited myself in the, my dream or, or the belief of what I could achieve because I could, I was seeing all of these incredible people around me, right? Like Expo also um, was uh, um, one of the, the title sponsors for the Muhammad Ali exhibition fight. Um, you know, so I'm I'm witnessing Muhammad Ali. I'm watching him interact with people. I'm watching um, uh, Jesse Jackson deliver speeches. I'm watching um, Al Sharpton as yeah. a kid. These individuals, yeah. right? Um, and close to them, um, Reverend Williams, who was the, the the founder and president of Indiana Black Expo when I was a kid, watching him um, and and receiving from him this kind of love and and like you got this, you can do this. We started a TV show in this program called 360 Degrees. When I was still in school, we aired on the wow. MTV2 affiliate in Indianapolis um, and we're telling stories that were important to us. And so we were using those skills that we learned in YVI, applying them in this television show. And so when the opportunity from the Pacers came to, hey, you want to hold this mic, I was ready for it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I've never done it before, but like I was prepared for the opportunity to stand in front of audiences, you know, of... 10 to, to, to 14,000 people um, three times a night, two times a night, and wing it in some cases. Like, yeah. they, uh, we need you to make up a game because we have an extra time out. And you know what? It's it's crazy because it's it's not for the faint of heart. No. Um, uh -uh. Speaking in front of crowds is terrifying for most people. Yeah. And it doesn't need 10,000 is just it's way beyond some people's limitations. Like it's it can be 17 people and it's like this is too much for me. Yeah. So to like get on the floor at an NBA game when we know what fans are and be able to keep that crowd engaged and interacting yeah. like that's that's a big deal at a young age. And to dive into that saying, I'm not sure. How this works per se, but I know I can deal with it. I know I can handle it because you were given the exposure in other platforms going to that situation. It's like everything lines up from the moment you do this Reggie Miller situation until you grab a mic and get on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it also is, I think about recognizing that like all of it is, is preparing you for the next thing. And so like, this is just the next thing, whether I get out here and bomb Mm -hmm. um, or whether I get out here and soar, whatever this experience is, is for me, right? Yeah. And 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 I have done all that I can do. I have done enough 
<clears throat> I trust and believe um, that I am prepared for this opportunity and I intend to kill it. And so, yeah. you know, you, you, you do your very best to rise to that occasion. You know, it's so funny because I think about um, standing in front of an audience of, you know, uh, 300 in a school talent show to then in front of a, a um, uh, Conseco Fieldhouse, which is like the stadium that, well, not the stadium, but the, the arena where we played, uh, the Pacers played uh, basketball uh, for like 10 to 14,000 people, maybe, maybe max 16,000 people to then um, hosting uh, the Global Citizen Festival in Central Park where over 80,000 people were in the park but then also right. um, um, streamed around the world and ar uh, across the country to millions of people, you know what I yeah. mean? On that same yeah. microphone with that same tool. And so the, the, the beautiful thing I think that I recognize is that um, I do my very best to be the best compliment I've ever received is you are just like you are on TV. When people wouldn't be yeah. in person, they're like, dang, you are, you are really just like you are on TV. <laughs> right. You're you know? the same person. Yeah. And that's you know? and so the idea authenticity is important for any of those audiences, for any number of those audiences, whether it's 200 people, 50 people or um, uh, millions. The idea mm -hmm. is, you know, we're in this together and, and I intend to be at the very minimum a blip of some light, you know, in your day. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's I think that that authenticity is lost in in media today like there's there's that that feeling that when i meet you in person you're not going to be the same so I, there's people that you don't want to meet because you don't want to ruin that perception that you have of them so when you actually get someone and it's like oh no this person is like exactly what is given to us on a nightly basis mm -hmm. it hits different like it's just it's a different feeling yeah yeah i think that that the the goal for me very early in this in my career, I tried to do other people, right? Right? Like I tried when I was in high school, um, I hosted our, our television show in school and I was known as around school. Like, you know, you get the moniker, like you get like a thing in the yearbook and I was the Black Seacrest, right? And I remember mm -hmm. trying to do that when I came to Hollywood, when I started working in television very early, early on in um, California uh, after college, I, was like trying to do the thing that was the most popular and it was meagerly successful like it got me in the door but it never lasted right yeah and i, I yeah. just decided i was like okay so what's the thing that i can do that would feel more, like the best and it was like oh why don't i just be me and then i went on this journey of figuring out who that was right who that is and continues to grow into and so have really just instead decided and instead of trying to be this like character or this thing mm -hmm. or this uh, um, um, personality to be myself in every yeah. way and in every space. Yeah. So, and I lived in I lived in LA for a couple of years, um, okay. and it's something that I realized about LA when you move there from another place. When you get there, you tend to change up a little bit of who you are to try to fit what you think LA wants from you. Mm -hmm. And it takes that revelation of saying, this isn't me. Like I have to just get back to self and stop trying to give LA LA. Like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll never be LA. I just need to be Rashad. Mm 
Right. So for instance, like I had to figure that out. Yeah. But I think that so people, it sounds like the same thing. I think that you got to figure that out regardless of where you are, whether, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it you get it a hundred percent, right? Like if it's LA is the city where you live in, or if it's New York, if it's Albuquerque, right? Like yeah. at some point you got to yeah. get to like, who do I mean to be in this life? Yeah. Do I mean to make my offering or my intention? Um, and how can I be the best utilized? Ch chances are, unless you are an actor, <laughs> you are best <laughs> utilized in your own, um, uh, being your own self, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's like how you do that, how you become comfortable in that, how you become empowered by that, how others become empowered because you are, you know? Um, yeah. All yeah. And I think that's what's interesting with with our industry when you get into to media and journalism and like being a a public figure, there's the thought process that you have to do the code switching. Right. But there's the understanding that ultimately what they want is that authentic person. Right. Like they don't they don't necessarily want you to try to code switch over to them. How important was it for you to realize that? your representation of where you were and your personality and your story came through who you are to the television. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did. I, I think that, you know, I'm, I am aware. I want, how do I say, I want to say this. I want to be, I want to be very clear. I understand the importance of the tactic or skill of code switching. I understand that in mm -hmm. spaces where it is unsafe for you to be a hundred percent yourself, um, the need yeah. to acclimate yourself or your delivery in a way that might be more, um, uh, that might allow you to remain safe, right? Like I get that, I get that. Um, but at the same time, I also believe that there are spaces where our inclination to protect ourselves <clears throat> pulls us further away from yeah. um, perhaps our goal, um, who we actually are, um, and 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 the progress that we seek to to um, feed, fill, right, um, mm -hmm. or feel. And so, yeah, I just I think that I got to a point where I was just like, I am only going to rise to the level that you are comfortable with if I keep trying to play this game that makes only you comfortable. Yeah. And if yeah. while I suffocate for your comfort, at some point I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still not yeah. going to be um, uh, where I wanna be, do you know what I mean? And so I just, I, I banked on the idea and the the truth that um, to thy own self be true. Something my mom said to me all the time as a kid. Um, she said to me uh, as I was packing up my my Jetta to move to Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Leaving a full ride scholarship at Purdue University because I was ready to pursue as a as a um, um, instead of what felt like procrastinate. And so. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I just I I just decided I was gonna bet I was gonna bet on myself and that I was okay with what that outcome was going to be, whether I succeeded or whether I was I had to pivot. And I had to pivot a, a couple of times, to be honest with you. And then even in even now I find myself in in certain aspects or certain scenarios needing to pivot from the original plan or the original idea. Um, and that is yeah. just, that's also okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I tell people it's you, you get asked a lot, you know, what's your, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Course, I'm like, this, this is the goal, but that plan has options and amendments to it. Like there's just, there's no telling what's going to happen. That's going to throw all of this off. Yeah. So there's like, for me, I put it in like the context of doing interviews. I can do interviews with cue cards. And if I do an interview with the cue card, depending on how you answer a question, those cue cards are out the window. Out the window. Like we're no longer even focused on this anymore because now I'm intrigued on this other thing that well, has nothing to do with this other stuff. It's a whole different conversation. And you have to be willing to, if, you're, if, if your goal, if your intention is to honor the moment, you have to be yeah. willing to roll with, what that whatever that conversation grows into, right? Um, and it's the same thing in life. The, one of the things I say all the time, you know, especially talking to young people who are in the pursuit of their dreams, regardless of whether they're in entertainment or communications or not, is to be very clear about what mm -hmm. it is you want to be and what it is you want to do and what it is you mean to offer, right? Not just what you want, yeah. but what it is you intend to offer, and be yeah. closely tethered. To that reminding yourself mm -hmm. of that constantly but releasing <laughs> the idea that you know exactly how that's going to how you're going to walk that out right releasing <laughs> the idea <laughs> that after this step comes this step then this step then this and if it's not that it's not success like you got to let that go because baby <laughs> what i can tell you today is that the road I took to get to this place? <laughs> you would not believe. And it's, it's part of the really, I think, beautiful part of, of my experience are the moments that I never saw coming. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I think I think the surprises in life are what shows what you're really made of. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you said, the pivots are real um, and like real, like what state am I in now? Like, it's like, how did I get here? And you just have to figure out how that works. The people, there's people that you thought were going to be like lifelong friends. And it's like, I haven't spoke to you in like three years. And it just becomes, you have to like really understand that life is going to throw some curveballs, and you either hit it or you let it give you a strike. It's one or the other. So when you when you create your own production company, mm -hmm. um, Summer Break Studios, yeah, what inspired that? What was what was your intention behind doing that, and why did you feel like that was necessary? So the the idea behind Summer Break really came out of a um, a need, out of a desire to see more black led stories, more queer stories being told in spaces that were um, everywhere between the, the niche to the mainstream, right? <clears throat> and mm -hmm. was, was um, had grown kind of tired of some of the um, um, 
programming that was only linked to the trauma of, mm -hmm. or primarily linked to the trauma of those communities, of these communities. And so um, I just was like, what, what else can we do? What else, what else is there out there? And mm -hmm. this opportunity came really to me. And it was just like, okay, let's, let's, let's get after this. Right. And, and, and right. I've been able to um, pitch NBC universal ideas have been a, um, um, a sounding board for uh, projects that they have to make sure that the, the storytelling is um, uh, sound, that it is robust, that it is uh, more comprehensive even um, in its approach or in its um, spotlighting. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it just really was like, what is, what seems to be missing? Um, yeah. And again, where, where can I speak to, what can I speak to that is the most authentically me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, you know, the the summer break is about creating content that um, celebrates, um, that highlights, um, but that also um, transcends, you know, the 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 typical, the mundane, but also even in the mundane, like you see something that's 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 you, right? Whether you are mm -hmm. black or queer, you know what I mean? You see something in our characters and our stories that you're like, ah. Oh, I yeah, seen this like this before. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 crazy because I think that some of the most magical things that we create come out of a place of the lack of. Yeah. So when you just kind of tap into the fact that like this is just not here, and it's something that I'm passionate about, and it needs to have a voice, like those become amazing creations that again, something that you may not have even thought was going to happen and you pivot right. into it. Right. Like I was a music major in school and thought I was going to be a band director. Like it's just <laughs> now I have a magazine. Like it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't match up at all, but it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. And it all and, works out. And, and I'm going to take it even a step further than beyond like it all works out. Like it, it all in, in, and not in a, I don't want to, I don't want to, you are doing the thing you always intended to do, which was create and to collaborate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. the, right. The, the format is a little different, the delivery is a little different, but the skills that you acquired in order to be, um, uh, uh, to, to work in music, you still apply, you know what I mean, yeah. on a regular basis and what you're doing now. Um, but it also was like this is how it was supposed to go down. Like you can right. relax. You did. You didn't miss out on the dream that you had before. Oh, because <laughs> a new dream came up. You know what I mean? Like, trust me. I I know. God knew not to put me in a high school. Like it's uh -huh. just that. That, 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 that was not in the plan. It's like you don't need to be there. I just I, I see kids now. And I'm like I don't understand you. Like I just I I'm trying. And I'm not, Baby, it's not relaying to me. Like You don't have to explain to me <laughs> the, the, the and, and that's not like, I don't say that to, 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 to shade kids who are, you know, growing up now, but I just, yeah. I just know he knew what he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I love them. I love, I, I love the youngins. Um, just know. Just <laughs> like, there's there's a different level of everything 
with them that I just don't think that I would have been prepared for yeah. at a young age going into a school. And it's so funny that you, you, you so I'm, I am intensely passionate about young people. Like I, it is, it is, it is more rewarding to me to, to be speaking to um, and interacting with a group of young people in a classroom or after school than it is, you know, flying around the world and interviewing Tom Cruise, right. For this, for this mission impossible movie. Like really and truly, it, it is. It is. You could have you could have said like flying to Palm Springs or like to you know, but you know, it, it's it's. I just was drawn. I was just drawn on like the recent occurrence. Which I, was, I was drawn the thing that had like just had like just happened. You know. <laughs> so, but, so wait, hold yeah. on, hold on. So for for everyone that's that's listening or watching, before we started filming, I was I was informed that Scott went to Rome recently to go to the Mission Impossible 3, or Mission Impossible, what is this, 4? I think it's like 7. Okay. The uh, new Mission Impossible uh, premiere. Yeah, Dead <laughs> Reckoning Part 1. Right, Part 1, which means there will be a Part 2. And he was there to interview Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. So, just so you uh, you understand the reference, like, that's that's what happened. That's why, you know, this is fresh in his mind, because he just yeah. got back from Rome. Yeah, like I'm not, you okay. know, I'm trying to like, you know, it, that, it's that, not that. like throwing shade or anything. It's just, nah, this is, you know, like it's fresh on your mind. Yeah, I still got like an Italian tan, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still like, you know, fresh, like a, you know, like a ripe Sicilian <laughs> tomato or something. You know what I mean? like that Italy sun hits different. It, it does hit different. Yeah, that Italy sun, it's a little, it's a different situation. You know what I mean? but, <laughs> just... but there's something about the energy and the curiosity and the um, fearlessness that many young people possess now yeah. around things that we were so afraid of as kids, so afraid of as young people, that they just don't even operate with that filter, right, in life. There are other yeah. things that they are wholly unaware of that we were experts of as mm -hmm. kids as well, you know what I mean? And so. Yeah, I think, you know, I worked um, at one point in my career as an anchor for Channel One News, which was a, a television show, a news broadcast that aired directly in the schools of young people across the country. We had more teenagers who watched our show than watched the Super Bowl, right? Like yeah. on, a, on a regular basis. Like it, it, that's that was the impact of our show. And I took the job. Um, not because Maria Menounos, Lisa Ling, Anderson Cooper had also famously anchored this newscast, but because we were going to be in the rooms of young people as they gathered, as they were forming, beginning to form their opinions about the world, as they were beginning to form their perspective, their um, um, guiding kind of like their, their compass, so to speak. I wanted to be a part of that process for them. Right. I wanted to be someone in their life so that at least every day when they looked at if they knew no black people in their in their town or their school or their classroom, every day they looked up and they saw me. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so um, um, yeah. meaning to um, impart upon them some some gift of like there is more out here than you know. Right. And part upon them, there is there is greater in you than you may be aware of um, mm -hmm. and that we need you aware. We need you focused and we need you tied into your community 
today. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, man, like I, it is, it is, um, that is kind of the through line in all of my work, whether it's through summer break, whether it's through our other company, uh, Blackwood uh, Entertainment, whether it's through Access, Access Hollywood, um, or the overall deal with Universal, NBC Universal. The through line is that like, we need you. Um, there is more in you than you maybe are giving yourself credit for, and it is time to be developing all that's in you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I think what's what's amazing um, is that what you do is give people a break from life. Mm. Um, you come on TV and it's like you can, as a viewer, you can tune out of everything that's going on around you and just enjoy this quick moment. Yeah. And it may be just some news, some laughter, some red carpet, some new fashion, whatever. It's just, it's a break from the reality of what life is and just say, let me just enjoy this moment. Yeah. And for you to be able to do that on a daily basis and give people that opportunity to just sit back and smile and kind of let your mind wander in a positive way. Yeah. it's. The enlightening part of that is is absolutely amazing. So I don't want you to ever think that like it's just the job per se. Um, but it it is some people's moment of relief. Yeah. Yeah. I I am um I am keenly aware of the fact that people invite us into their homes every, in some cases, every night. Um, yeah. It is not lost on me that there are folks who are laid up in hospital beds and our show is the, just the next thing that comes on in the room for them. Right. Um, and so uh, I take seriously the time that we spend creating our show. I take seriously the work of the counted and countless individuals that, that work together to produce this show on a daily basis. Um, but I also recognize that like, for some people, this is their break. This is the like moment where they get to take a breath mm -hmm. or where they find themselves taking a breath. And hopefully if it is something that I have done or, some, a part, or something that I've been a part of, there's either some commonality that they find in, some, in a piece that we've done there's some laughter they find in a piece that we've done, or you know, there is some reminder to them that it will be better than the worst that they may have experienced or may be experiencing, right? Yeah. That again, they are worth the pursuit of something better in their own lives. You know, I get that it might be a Kim Kardashian interview or that it might be a Tom Cruise premiere, um, but that or it, it also may be a, a interview with the one of the um, uh, female members of the L.A. fire department. Right. The mm -hmm. idea is that like something we are doing, the intention that we are doing it with. You invite that into your space. Yeah. And I hope that that our yeah. effort is something that leaves your space feeling lighter, that leaves your space feeling energized um, and that leaves you ready 
uh, to take that breath and get back to doing what you were doing. You know what I mean? And get back to it. Absolutely. Absolutely.